ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Jake Botel Sports Experience. My name is Jake Botel, and today going to get into breaking down a list of my three favorite NFL quarterbacks all time. Um, this is not about breaking down the best. This is not a you know the greatest of all time list. We're not debating who's better than who. This is just my three favorite quarterbacks. Can just be because I like watching them. Could be I like their story. Could be a combination of things. But my three favorites. I think this is something that we should do more of uh, as sports fans. Everyone gets caught up in the argument of who's the best, who's the greatest of all time, you know, stacking, you know, Brady against Manning or whoever it is, or Jordan against. Just do your favorite list. It's really interesting. I had a chat with some football friends uh, the other day. I said, who are your three favorite quarterbacks of all time? And to a person, they all came out with three quarterbacks, you know, I wouldn't have thought of, uh, or, you know, and I don't think they would have answered with if you said, who are the greatest, who are the greatest three of all time, in your opinion? You know, we had some people say, you know, Jay Cutler. Um, we had some people mention, oh, who else was there? Michael Vick. I don't think Michael Vick is in the GOAT chat, you know, where you, we, people aren't going to be putting him up against Tom Brady or anything like that. It's really interesting. Warren Moon, another one that came out. So I really like this idea of asking people, who are your favorite quarterbacks? Or who are your favorite, you know, wingers in soccer? Or who are your favorite center forwards? Or who are your favorite goaltenders in the NHL? Enough of this best and greatest of. Enough of, you know, um, putting down other people's, um, you know, players that they think are, are good. Just ask what your favorites are. Tell us what your favorites are. So that's what I'm doing today. Um, just a quick bit of business before we get into it. Um, if you're not aware, the JBSC, I've got a YouTube channel as well. You can go on over and subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm in the process of doing a lot of game previews and recaps of the National Hurling League. It's an Irish sport, if you're not aware. Um, and I'm going to be doing, for the, for the uninitiated, the, the All-Ireland Hurling Championship is upcoming. And when I first tried to get into it, um, you know, I had a lot of questions and I had to sort of formulate a lot of my own answers. So what I'm putting together in the weeks leading up to championship uh, is a breakdown, team by team of the teams involved, a breakdown of the format so you can understand, oh, this is how it works, this is how teams qualify, etc. So we'll do that in sort of like five, 10 minute video episodes, consumable chunks for you so you can enjoy what is one of the most magnificent sports on earth, hurling absolutely mythic game. Uh, all right, let's get into, I should, I should mention my Patreon as well. You can also support me on Patreon, the JBSE on Patreon, five US dollars a month, access to bonus content. You know, some podcasts I just put up as audio for the public and the patrons on Patreon get a video show and a podcast. You might get early access to things. I post some artwork up on there as well. There's a bunch of different little bits and pieces five US dollars a month, the JBSC on Patreon. All right, let's get into it. So my three favorite quarterbacks of all time. Now remember, this isn't the three greatest quarterbacks of all time. That's not the argument I'm making. I'm not making any argument. I'm just sharing with you my three favorite 
quarterbacks of all time. I'm going to start with number three and work up to number one. Okay, so as it stands right now, my third favorite quarterback of all time is one smoking Joe Burrow, formerly LSU Tigers in college uh, and the Ohio State Buckeyes before that, but now of the Cincinnati Bengals uh, in the NFL. Why is Joe Burrow my favorite? Um, because he captured my imagination back in 2018, before he'd had his riotous, um, you know, Heisman season for the LSU Tigers. This was in his first season at LSU after transferring from the Ohio State program, uh, where he looked sort of average. He had a very average year, perhaps below average, you know, by a lot of estimations. Uh, but I remember watching him against the Georgia Bulldogs, and he was just doing little things that really made me believe that this dude had what it takes to be great at the next level. Um, and obviously, he put it all together in 2019, a national championship, record-breaking seasons in terms of you know touchdowns thrown and uh, an undefeated championship season, the Heisman Trophy, all of those things. But against Georgia and watching him in that 2018 season, it was little things. It was, it was him arguing with his coach, Ed Ogeron, uh, about coming off when he wanted to go for it on fourth down. He was pissed. And he was letting his coach know about it. And I just thought, you don't see that too often. You know, college football tends to be what the coach says goes. You don't see, you know, a hell of a lot of players mouthing off at their coach when they don't let them go for it on fourth down, or at least I haven't. And seeing Joe Burrow do that, I was like, this dude is just a little bit different. Um, he was gritty. He was prepared to take a hit. He didn't like to slide. The coaches were trying to tell him to slide. He wouldn't slide. Um, he was tough and, and sort of, in a weird way, the runt of the litter. You know, there are a lot more quarterbacks uh, out there, you know, more physically uh, impressive, you know, quarterbacks who were throwing, you know, better deep balls, quarterbacks who looked faster. They could run, you know, more. They could elude uh, pressure uh, in a far more, you know, Hollywood kind of way. Burrow was just this gritty sort of grifter at LSU in that first year. He, there was another moment where he got, I think it was Georgia or, or Georgia or Auburn jumping off sides, um, jumping off side at, at the line of scrimmage. And I just thought that's something you don't often see, you know, someone, a quarterback in college getting the other team to jump on a hard count. It was just lots and lots of little signs that Joe Burrow really had what it takes to make it to that next level. Obviously, he ends up being drafted number one overall. His first season in the NFL is wrecked by a season-ending uh, leg injury uh, after Cincinnati failed to protect him behind a Swiss cheese offensive line. He comes back in the second season and, full of swagger, leads them back. Uh, not, not only leads the team again, he leads them to the Super Bowl. Um, and... They almost take down a very talented uh, LA Rams team. You know, on the way they they beat the Raiders, they beat the Titans, they they beat the Chiefs. They come down, come from massively behind to beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Joe Burrow is just, uh, and obviously he's evolved his game from that 
you know, season where I first watched him in 2018, where, as I said, he was this sort of gritty grifter with not a lot of sort of physical talent that jumped off the screen. So now he can throw a nice deep ball. Um, he's quick through his progressions. He, he's a great leader. I think that's one of the coolest things I like about Joe Burrow. He's himself. He's genuine. He's the genuine article. There's nothing uh, fake about Joe Burrow. In, in, in a world of athletes who, you know, like to put on airs and graces, Joe Burrow is a bit of a throwback in a, in a weird way. He's, he is authentic. He will always be Joe Burrow uh, and he won't change for anybody. And if anything, the, the, the worlds around him changed. LSU changed, I think, in a large part because of his attitude, in a large part because of who Joe Burrow is and Joe Burrow's quest to remain himself and to achieve the best, best version of himself. LSU changed um, to be, you know, that undefeated national championship winning team around him. And I think you see that with Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Burrow is a genuine franchise changer. His attitude, people want to go and play with Joe Burrow. So Joe Burrow is my third favorite quarterback of all time. As it currently stands, these rankings change all the time. Um, but that's where I have Joe Burrow. I mean, look at his season this year. Um, in the NFL, 16 games, I think this is just regular season, 10 wins, 6 losses, 70.4% completion percentage, 4,611 yards at 8.9 yards per attempt, 34 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Um, now, he's got a lot of weapons around him, but it takes a special quarterback to know how to use them as well. So, love Joe Burrow. So, he's number three. Already gone to a Super Bowl. It's tough to get back. We'll see if they can. Uh, my second favorite quarterback of all time, and some people might be surprised by this, um, another player who doesn't play for the team that I root for, the Steelers, um, but a player who, to me, is, is one of the closest fusions of sport and art. Um, I've always compared this guy to, to watching this dude play to listening to jazz, you know, improvised, improvisational jazz music. Um, just listening to a great musician play the guitar and, and, and to a point where the, the instrument is as much a part of them um, as their own hands. You know, it's just this relationship between them and the instrument and the music. That's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has for a long time captivated my imagination with how he plays. And this is a guy who cops a lot of shit for having only won one Super Bowl. You know, he's only been once. He's had a lot of talented teams. Yeah, sure, whatever. Um, that Packers team had some shitty defenses as well at times. Now, the last few years, they would have wanted to capitalize as well, you know, making it all the way. I think this one just gone, this loss to the San Francisco 49ers probably hurts the deepest. That's the one I look at and go, oh, fuck, they really should have got over the line in that one. There was no, you know, you have snow in Lambeau and the Packers lose. Um, that one stings. But, I mean, I'm not going to give them a lot of crap for losing to Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the year before. I mean, it's Brady. But I'm just talking, too, about watching a player in action. Aaron Rodgers has played 
13 games, 206 as a starter. He's completed 65.3% of his passes in his career, 55,360 yards. But this is the bit that gets me with Rodgers. 449 touchdowns, 93 interceptions. He's had two seasons of double-digit interceptions in 2010 and 2008. To me, Aaron Rodgers, um, you can say what you want about his Super Bowl record. Aaron Rodgers is a guy who has helped to redefine what playing quarterback means. In terms of being able to throw stupid amounts of touchdowns and not turn the football over, he is remarkable in his balance uh, of attack and defense. You know, knowing when to defend the football, knowing when to put it, you know, at a minimal risk for maximum reward. The throws he makes are staggering. Uh, there's not many throws I enjoy watching more than one of those beautiful touch Aaron Rodgers deep balls. Uh, obviously, you won't be throwing them to Devontae Adams, but I don't think that matters at all, really, to me. Not, not, not at all, but Aaron Rodgers has made bloody lemonade with a lot of lemons over the years, too. Um, it's not like he has been forever surrounded by, you know, amazing talent. There's been plenty of seasons where he's worked with less. You look, even look at his record the last few years um, with and without Devontae Adams. He still puts up, um, you know, career consistent numbers for him when Adams hasn't been in the lineup through injury, etc. They've still won. They've still put up a bunch of points. I think Aaron Rodgers is one of the very few quarterbacks in the NFL who can genuinely raise the level of the talent around him, or at least raise the the production of the talent around him. Uh, I think you could plug Aaron Rodgers in pretty much anywhere and he would be successful. Uh, he demands exceptionally high standards of himself, exceptionally high standards of others. But more than that, more than the results-based business, more than touchdowns versus interceptions and all that sort of thing, I, I just think Aaron Rodgers has helped shape how quarterback is played. And he's a joy to watch. When he is on song, which is most of the time, he's just a magnificent quarterback to watch. He, he is graceful. Um, it's an elegant way to play the position. There's a sense of humor to how he plays the position, which sounds like a total wank, but there is. There's, it's art. It really is masterful art to watch Aaron Rodgers sling the football around. Uh, one of the the most enjoyable things to watch in all of the NFL when he's playing at the peak of his powers. And I'm really, really glad that he's coming back uh, for another season. This year, I'm assuming he's coming back for another season. <laughs> he's signed a big contract. Um, because he's, he's a joy to watch. He's an absolute joy to watch. And whether you agree with, you know, his stance on different things off the field, that doesn't really matter. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about quarter, my three favorite quarterbacks, not my three favorite human beings on the planet. Um, this is a, a, about quarterbacking uh, in, in this instance. All right. So finally, we get to my number one, my number one favorite quarterback of all time, played all of his career. His career began and ended. All his deeds were written before I was even born. So you may say, well, how can that guy be your favorite quarterback? Well, there's a thing called YouTube, uh, and there's a lot of old games on YouTube. 
And there's a thing called books, and you can read a lot about people in books. Uh, there's things called podcasts, and you can listen to a lot of things about people in history on podcasts. So uh, we have the ability, perhaps more than any other generation uh, ever, to time travel and learn about history and appreciate history and appreciate things and deeds and people uh, that occurred before the time of our own existence. So my number one favorite quarterback of all time is the original TB12, Terry Bradshaw of the Steelers, of those 70s Steelers who won four Super Bowls. Uh, he won two Super Bowl MVPs. And this one is a selection that a lot of people, I mean, you see Terry Bradshaw on a lot of lists of the most overrated quarterbacks of all time. You hear a lot of things about Terry Bradshaw uh, as a stealer. Oh, he played on, with one of the great defenses of all time. He did this, he did that. You know, he, he had all this handed to him. Um, yeah, I call bullshit on that. Uh, it was a different era. If you look at his stats compared to Aaron Rodgers, he played 168 games. He won 107 of them, lost 51, completed 51.9% of his passes. So about half and half for TV 12. Uh, of the 1970s, 27,989 yards, 212 touchdowns, 210 interceptions. Insanity. You know, you, you look at his uh, career quarterback rating, 70.9. That shit doesn't matter to me, to be completely honest. Um, Terry Bradshaw played at a different time, at a time where players were asked to play in harder conditions against harder foes um, in a system of rules that were not designed to protect you. Um, Terry Bradshaw uh, had to take multiple concussive hits. Uh, he had to stand in the pocket knowing he was going to get punished, um, knowing that referees would not throw a flag you know, if somebody uh, tackled him a little bit too heavy. Uh, this was a different era. But aside from all that, for me, what makes Terry Bradshaw my favorite quarterback of all time, and part of this is his person. We'll talk about the football first. He shone most brightly on the biggest stages. If you look at his numbers across his career, uh, it's actually quite remarkable. He was a fairly average um, starting quarterback in terms of his numbers in the regular season. I don't think we can, we can deny that, really. He was pretty average. Um, there were probably players who played you know, cleaner games, maybe who took care of the football more, maybe who threw less interceptions than Bradshaw. But you start getting into the playoffs and his numbers start picking up. So we said 51% of his, you know, uh, passes were complete in his regular season. Well, in the playoffs, that ticked up to 57.2% of his passes. It's 6% increase in his completion percentage. His passer rating up to 83. So it creeps up again. Uh, touchdowns 30 to 26. So that's about one for one, which it was 
Then go to the Super Bowl, where he played the Vikings once, a great Vikings team in the 1970s. He played the, the Dallas Cowboys twice, and he played the LA Rams once. In his four Super Bowl appearances, in which, remember, he won two league MVPs, uh, he completed a much higher percentage of his passes. Um, but let's not even look at the percentage of his passes. He threw nine touchdowns in the Super Bowl to just four picks, and his rate, passer rating increased to 112, 42 points higher than his regular season average. And it's the moments for Bradshaw, particularly um, against the Cowboys in that, I believe it was the second Super Bowl that they played against the Cowboys, where standing in the pocket and being crunched, basically knocked out a helmet to the chin, he delivers one of the most delightful, deep javelin throws. And he was a champion, a state champion, I believe, a javelin thrower um, before he was in the NFL, just launching a lightning bolt deep to Stallworth or Swan. I can't remember which one. I think he threw deep touchdowns to both of them uh, in the Super Bowls that he played in. He was built for big moments, which is bizarre. I mean, it makes sense that he's become an entertainer because that's what he was on the field as well. Um, as well as, I think, being a lot bloody smarter uh, than people give him credit for. You know, Bradshaw walked his whole career with the, 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 um, the stereotype of being dumb. This is a dude who called all his own plays. Um, you know, like, I, I think what I love about Bradshaw is that his career wasn't easy. His career had stops and starts, particularly at the Steelers in, in, in early days. Um, you know, he was in and out of the side in, in his early seasons. If you go back and have a look at um, Bradshaw's career uh, season by season, he only started eight games. In year one, 13 games. Year two, 14 games in year three. Year four, just nine games started. Year five, seven games started. What would we do with a quarterback in the league now? If we had a quarterback five years, look at a guy like Baker Mayfield as an example. What would we do with Baker Mayfield? If after five, five years, he hadn't done much. Look, look at Bradshaw's record. Listen to this. In, in his first five years, he has 51 starts. He completes 48% of his passes, 48 touchdowns, 81 interceptions for a QB rating of 53.2. He'd be out of the league now. He wouldn't be starting. In, in today's terms, you would not get that kind of, of run. Okay. He'd be gone. So, so people shouldn't write off Baker Mayfield, by the way, because who knows what can happen. So anyway, that's, that's those first five years. Let's have a look at the remainder of his career. So the next 107 games that he started completes 53.7% of his passes, so a 5% increase on the first five years of his career. 164 touchdowns, 129 interceptions. So, you know, 81 of his 210 career interceptions 
were thrown in the first five years of his career where he was in struggle town quite a lot. Um, and it's well publicized that he and Chuck Noll didn't have the best relationship. Uh, what would happen these days? Terry Bradshaw would probably demand a trade, I guess, in these days. Uh, he would transfer if that was the case in college. I don't think Terry Bradshaw gets enough credit for sticking things out in a hard spot where he was feeling a lot of hardship. Um, and to me, he, he will probably always be my favorite quarterback because he defines so many of the things that I love about watching athletes. Tough, entertaining. Um, they rise to the occasion when the moment gets big. They too rise. They are the best players. They are the ones who become champions. There's no, no coincidence that Bradshaw won four Super Bowls and was MVP in half of them. He rose to the big moment. And to me, that's, that's what does define greatness too. If we're going to talk not just favorite, if we're going to talk greatness, um, that's something that defines greatness to me. Uh, but Terry Bradshaw, he's my favorite quarterback of all time. Uh, so there you have it. Burrow at number three, Aaron Rodgers at number two, and TB12, the original model, uh, who was absolutely not eating a vegan diet uh, in the 1970s. Um, he was probably, you know, chugging cans and smoking durries uh, on the sideline. Uh, so <laughs> Terry Bradshaw, my number one favorite quarterback of all time. Would be really interested to hear what your three favorites are. Three favorite quarterbacks of all time. You can tweet them at me the JBSE on Twitter. You can email me uh, at the JBFE at gmail.com. I still haven't changed the email address over because I've got to make a whole new account. So maybe stick to Twitter. Tweet them at me, the JBSE at gmail.com. You can Facebook them to me as well if you like. Um, go on over, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Go on over, chuck a fiver my way a month to help produce the content on Patreon. That's the JBSE on Patreon, five US dollars a month, early access, bonus content, etc., etc. Um, would love to see you over there as well. All right, until next time, guys, you've been great. I've been reasonable. It's the JBSE. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>